Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 104 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast, part of my renewed effort with it. And uh, I'm Andrew Coates. I'm your longtime host, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. I get to welcome back my, my good friend, Ben Mudge. It's always kind of funny, you know, calling people good friends, even though you haven't yet had a chance to meet them in person, but yet that's kind of how our industry is. And, and Ben, of course, is a very successful coach based in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Uh, he is He's known for many things, primarily his battle with cystic fibrosis. We'll talk about that uh, for being someone who has gained mainstream media attention for kind of being a little bit of a Thor lookalike <laughs> and other stuff. But you really, uh, you really made, you know, you become a really great ambassador for fitness, especially, um, you know, in the realm of cystic fibrosis. And we're definitely going to talk about your, your business, your project with your uh, friend, Josh Taylor, uh, Be More Headquarters. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, I did want to start having a little bit of fun with you, just for how people who aren't from Canada think, yep. don't understand just the sheer breadth of Canada. So Ben is, you know, I think it was last year you were traveling to Canada and you asked me, hey, you know, uh, you know, I would love to meet up. And you said you were <laughs> in Toronto, which is like three massive provinces over from where I am in Alberta. Uh, yep. That's basically like a, a four hour flight, right? So unfortunately, we couldn't make it work, but uh, it obviously we will at some point. It, it'd be really cool to get some of our friends from across the pond to some of the events that we're doing here. But either way, oh, my yeah, friend, uh, it's great to have you back. And you know, let's start with how you've been doing, how you've been feeling. Firstly, thank you for having me back. 104 episodes. That's uh, that's no mean feat. So well done on that. Um, thank you for having me back just to, to chat as, as we were talking before we even started recording this we have uh, always so much to catch up on just being very like-minded in our approaches and just our general outlook on life and that's always nice to find regardless of whether it's in the fitness in, in life that's just nice to find uh but i've been good i've been good i've been busy well okay I'll, I'll put it like this i've been good i've been bad i've been happy and i've been sad and i think that's a very important way to ask answer that question because a lot of people just say oh i'm good and they kind of brush past it but realistically that's not being human i've had all the normal spectrum of emotions over the last you know whatever amount of time that we've, we've spoken in and that's just me being being honest uh it's been for the most part though it's been fantastic i've been having a, a great time and i think you know if anybody listening does not yet follow your social media, I will strongly encourage them to, I, I say this with every guest, but I mean, I really have to push this because I say it at the end, I'm gonna say it at the beginning here, because you're, that, that makes you very endearing and that endearing, charismatic, down to earth, easygoing nature, uh, despite your physique, uh, really shines through with the media that, the way you go about it. It's why you become very, very popular in our world. So no, I'm, I'm glad it's been primarily good. Hey, just as we talked off air, things have been, primarily overwhelmingly good with me with issues my poor cat i had to have him into the vet yesterday yeah. um you okay he seems like he's okay he's got a bladder infection you know everybody's like thrilled to hear about this but it meant he's been peeing places he doesn't want to which of course is really stressful so thankfully uh i've got a really great uh person in my life she's a vet and she took care of him personally um so it looks like he'll be okay he's he's 11 years old he has to change his diet a little bit and uh, you know, change a few things around the house for him, and I'm hoping it'll all be good. And then we're always dealing with crap. Despite the good things, we're always dealing with crap in our world. And we're not always great at showing some of the darker side, but then it's hard because we don't want to, you know, go, oh, hey, 
you know, pity me. me. Exactly. Right. We don't want that because we're, we're about positive energy. So let's, uh, let's start with here. Um, I, I really do like, like trying to pick apart and see what you and Josh are doing with be more HQ. So Mm -hmm. I know a lot of us, we do love working with our one-on-one clients. I'll do it forever. And like, I, I never want to stop doing that, but I'm more and more interested in having conversations with and peeking back, peeking behind the curtain and understanding my friends and contacts in the industry who've been, you know, scaling businesses, particularly, you know, group online type stuff. You know, I'm going to, hopefully the scheduling works out. I can bring Kelsey and Dennis Heenan on the podcast. I recently had Don Saladino, who's done massive, massive things with, with his business. And there are many other examples. So I kind of wanted to see, you know, how this came to be, um, why, why you chose Josh and, and why you and Josh decided to start the program and how you guys approached building it while retaining a quality experience for the clients. Okay, lot to unpack. Um, so I, I will I will give you kind of some cliff notes of how it started. So Josh and I have known each other through the fitness industry, much like yourself and I. Uh, just ex- exchange pleasantries, you know, over social media, me appreciating his work, you know, him appreciating mine. But it wasn't until I started taking my new medication, Calf Trio, for my cystic fibrosis last year. Actually, it's been a year I've been on it, which is mad. But I put up a video about just me expressing how it felt to feel like I was breathing for the first time in my life properly, which was even now thinking about it still makes me shake a little bit, just thinking I was not doing something that I thought was right my entire life, which is breathing, which sounds so weird to even say. And anyway, Josh messaged me just saying how happy he was for me, just really just being a genuinely nice person, just being like, I'm so glad. This has nothing, no effect on him. He's just happy to see me, someone who he likes and, and appreciates and respects, getting something they never th- thought they would get. And I was like, that, that's such a nice thing to do. Like, I appreciate to anyone, anytime anyone takes time out of their day to message me something of, you know, anything. Like, if it's a positive comment or whatever, sharing my posts, like yourself, you know, sharing some of my, my posts, I really appreciate that. And it got me to thinking, I was like, I've been doing coaching for 12 years. This is my... I'll be going into my 13th year of coaching. It's a very lonely, it's a very lonely path uh, for a coach, especially online. Like again, when you're in person, which I haven't done for seven years now, I think that was the last time I was one-to-one coaching. I love one-to-one coaching, but with my cystic fibrosis, I needed to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more thoughtful in my approach to how I was going to run my business. And that's where online came in for me, which is where I met John Goodman, absolute legend of a human but yeah so i hadn't i hadn't coached um one-to-one in a long time which then meant that you were by default by yourself and i i know my strengths i know my weaknesses i'm not you know i'm not one of these people who's just like i'm the greatest at everything ever i don't need any help i don't i'm not one of those people if i feel like i need help with something it's in my best interest to go out and seek that help so I looked at this and I was like, I'm getting kind of lonely by myself. You know, I, I know I'm capable of much more, but how am I going to unlock that? How am I going to hold myself accountable to getting to that level? And I was like, I, I need someone else in here. I need someone who's going to challenge me, who, who I can teach some stuff to, who can teach me some stuff. And Josh is one of those people. I, I've seen his work. I've seen his personality. And I just thought, you know what? It's worth reaching out to him. And we did we we had a conversation and it just 
snowballed from there. Uh, and then it was in January. So obviously started taking my medication in November. January, Josh flew over and we discussed the the business side of, of right, what how is this going to work? How, how are we going to work together? What are you going to bring? What am I going to bring? How do we make sure that this is the best of both worlds for our clients? And that's kind of how it all snowball, snowballed from there. But the main thing that we did from the very start was establish how important communication was to this existing because I've seen people working together you know most coaches will be like you know not a great idea to work with someone else because egos get involved in miscommunication but from the very start we both just said look this is going to survive exclusively on our ability to communicate with each other if something feels off even by one percent bring it up bring it up we can sort it together and we can move forward because ultimately at the end of the day we both saw the benefits of working alone but then we also saw the benefits of working together. And the way the phrase I use for this is when you're working with someone who is so aligned with what you want to achieve, the problems are halved, but the victories are doubled. Hmm. So every time I get a victory, Josh gets a victory. Every time Josh gets a victory, I get a victory. When one of our clients gets a victory with one of our coaches, it's a victory. If there's a problem that comes in, we both get to tackle it. So it's been honestly the best decision I've ever made from a business standpoint hands down and it's been fantastic for our clients as well which is is always fantastic to hear and i think the big thing there is oh, we have a guest <laughs> johnson yeah it's getting all he was the dog cool <laughs> i was watching my cat go by um more like i for a very long time you know never imagined doing anything outside of just hey one-on-one -on -one. and part of these conversations are really to get coaches to kind of not get too rooted in their pre-existing beliefs or ideas about how we're supposed to do this stuff and while a lot of people will preach scale 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 and they're just trying to preach and quite frankly sell business systems and I'm very leery of that I think the people that we know and respect uh, Jonathan Goodman is is less about hey you have to do it my way here's a bunch of tactics and trickery and it's more about mindset attitude and, and, and being open-minded about what kind of possibilities that are out there, because we have a lot of peers who do a lot of different things and something similar where I have this, and it's very small side piece of everything I do, but I'm enjoying it uh, called forever strength. And my partner, Bailey, she was a client of mine first herself, a coach. She wanted to come and have a, basically an experienced mentor. And, you know, in her eyes, you know, a very high level coach to work on her own fitness goals. And so she actually brought her, personal training business over to the facility that I contract out of. And that's still her own thing. But along the way, and seeing other people doing these group online programs, you know, I just brought up the idea. She really loved it. And she's great at a whole bunch of skills that I'm not, which is sort of the, the, yep. I want to use the term administration because it almost sounds like it's, it's diminishing her role, but being on top of all the email systems and some of the execution of the, of the technical systems and quite frankly, I use it as a, as a place to kind of defer to her on, we build the programs together, the philosophies of them, but she actually does execute a lot of the more technical aspects. You know, we do the Facebook group thing. A lot of people do that, but it works. And we've created a community and we're actually really happy with the first year. And I mean, this number may sound humble to some people's systems, but as just a side project to both of our busy in-person training, in-person businesses, I mean, our revenue from year one of doing it is a very like, 
casual side project was $20,000. So we're thinking, okay, cool. We can now invest in this, scale this. We see bigger potential. And then spending time and talking with people like Don, like Kelsey, like you, it's like, okay, how do we break this open? Because there's a lot of value in these, in these pieces of infrastructure. And this is what I want trainers to understand. You hear it a lot. Your email marketing systems, your, your websites, the, the programs that you build, et cetera, these communities, these are pieces of infrastructure. And one of the things that I assumed was relevant, and you've alluded to it, but I'd love to hear more about it, is the fact that, yeah, with cystic fibrosis, despite this great medication, I assume that there was probably a role cystic fibrosis played in whether or not, you, like for your long-term plans and how sustainable the one-on-one -on -one model would be. So I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, cystic fibrosis has been, it's been a, a big contributor to a lot of the decisions I've made in my life for better and for worse, obviously, like it's not always been a, a positive influence on my decisions, but for the most part, it's guided me in the way that I think I need to live my life. Like I, I see what other people do and I'm like, cool, that's them. What about me? What, what do I need to do to take care of myself to prioritize the things that I need to prioritize? And for me, my health is my number one priority. Without a doubt, I, I've, and my, that's my mum drilled that in me to from such a young age that you need to look after yourself first. It's not selfish. The way she looked at it and the way she explained it to me was, if you're not healthy, you won't be able to do the things you love to do, which means that you're not going to be a happy person. If you're not a happy person, the people you want to spend your time with are not going to want to spend the time with you. So, you know, make sure that you're prioritizing your health for a plethora of reasons, but... Realistically, you don't want to be a drag to the people around you. You don't want to be that depressing person that everyone's like, oh, God, they're, they're here now. Like, you, they're just such a an energy vampire, I call them. Those people just take, take energy from you and don't give you anything in return. Um, so the decision to go from one-to-one -one coaching to online was one of those decisions that it was it was barely even a decision. I, would, I wouldn't even say it was that. It was just, this is what I have to do because if I get sick, I'm in hospital for a month. <laughs> my mortgage doesn't care about that. Mm. My mortgage is like, pay me or, or don't. There's no, you know, we don't care if you've got cystic fibrosis. There's, you know, that's just, that's just life. So I just thought, right, okay, what can I do that's going to ensure that I'm not stressed out of my mind getting sick? And again, as you know, stress is kind of a, a key player in how often you get sick. So it kind of just came from that. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely has an effect on my decisions, but when it doesn't need to, I don't let it. It's as simple as that. No, and that's, I mean, I don't know what to add to that. I just simply think that's <laughs> an important thing for people to look at. And it, even for those of us who don't have what I'll consider, you know, call a, a significant health concern, it doesn't mean that one can't materialize as we get older. It doesn't mean that accidents don't happen or there could be some fairly su substantial change in your, your situation. I, I am passionate about, I, I, I don't do business coaching. I literally mentor a small handful of trainers who message me. I don't promote it at all. I'm just not interested in growing that side of things. I don't want to scale that, but I like having those conversations. What I do with my media, whether it's here, social media, um, writing, is I like sharing the experience presentations for sure sharing experience that helps other coaches break boundaries be successful 
And so that way we can all stay within an industry that we love for the long run, instead of being worried about, well, am I going to have enough clients to be able to pay my mortgage next month? Do I need to go and get a job? And jobs like paramedic, honorable, like they don't get anywhere near enough care and credit to work with a lot of them. But, and I know a lot of trainers have bounced over in that world. However, I think a lot of trainers would probably rather work with people and coach people. So I would really like to give them the tools, whether it's the business sense, whether it's the mindset, whether it's the technical skills with their clients. So that way they get to stay in our world because one more caring person who's good at their job, who stays in our world across this, this battle that we're fighting, it, it, not with each other over methodology and ideology, but with all of the other things that deter people from being physically active, which we know is a great challenge. Let's, yep. let's pivot over to something else that has also been a, a mindset shift for me. You prominently feature the brand Ghost, Ghost Lifestyle in your media, right? You literally have one in your hand there. And just, yeah. so this is all about navigating brand ambassadorships. Now, first of all, Ghost is a legitimate big supplement company, lifestyle company. And we, we know that coaches, you have all these bullshit emails of people that don't know anything about you, you know, this clothing company, this nothing, whatever. And that stuff we can dismiss outright. But, and we also have a tricky relationship with supplement companies, right? Yeah. So we're, and I can say, well, shit, I write for T Nation. I brought you into T Nation. We did a, at least one article together. We need to do more. Life's been busy. Yeah. And T Nation itself is a supplement company. I have, written for Muscle and Fitness Magazine and, and other big publications in, in that realm. They're not necessarily supplement companies, but they're mainstream fitness companies. Yep. Right. So do you want to talk about why you agreed to work with Ghost, what you see as the positives, how something like this could be really beneficial to other coaches, um, any aspect of it so that we can kind of break this we, we have all these hangups of, of, of ethics that we're, oh, not supposed to do this, not supposed to do this. Yeah. It's seeing you do this and it's seeing my friend Don Saladino has had a lot of brand ambassadorships over the years, very credible ones. And it's changing my mindset about my willingness to maybe do it someday. So the floor is yours. Brilliant. So whenever I started in the fitness industry, 12 years ago, the big thing was like getting sponsored by a company. Regardless of how big they were, that was like, that was the thing. And then once you got it, you're like, huh, this is kind of shit. Like, <laughs> they don't pay you. They just make you, you're essentially a glorified sales rep. Yep. That's what you are. There's no dancing around that. So for me, and, and, and for me, like personally, supplements are one of the very last things that I will talk to a client about unless it really needs to be talked about. It's the very last rung on the ladder, essentially. Um, because as you know, anyone who's worth their salt as a coach understands that supplements are such a small percentage of the results that we get. It's barely even worth talking about them. Barely. Some of them obviously a little bit more important than others, but realistically, not that huge of importance. So for me, I actually stepped away from working with supplement, uh, supplement industry or supplement brands for a while because I was like, I just, I don't want to, feel like I'm pushing things down people's throats. I don't want to be encouraging people to make the decisions that they maybe should be making decisions elsewhere. I don't want them wasting their money thinking that this is some 
magic formula because that's what supplements want you to believe. They're marketing companies. They are at the end of the day trying to make money. Mm -hmm. That is it. And once you realize that, you're like, huh, okay. So they're going to say anything to sell whatever they've got to you. So I was very wary of that. And I was like, you know, I had a couple of supplement industry or supplement companies that came to me and were like, oh, we'd like to do work with you. And I was like, nah, I'm all right. Thank you. I appreciate it, but thanks. Uh, I'm good. But then Ghost came along and I actually, it was when I was working with bodybuilding.com. Mm-hmm. The guy who owns Ghost was there hanging out with us because it was a lot of Americans were with us at that time. It was at the body power, uh, body power, sorry. That's the Northern Irish accent. Expo in the UK. So there wasn't a, mon- a massive amount of Americans there. So he was hanging out with us. Um, and I saw the concept of this, this business that he was making. At this point, he, he, I don't think he had even created it, but he was like showing people designs. And I was like, that's cool. Like that's a really unique way of looking at the industry. It's not, you know, pigeonholing itself as this like bodybuilder. It's looking at things from a different, just a really unique and interesting way of looking at it. And I was like, that's cool. I can get behind that, like that concept. Fast forward four or five years, uh, a a friend of mine just said, look, I'm, I'm working with this company. I'm kind of their UK link. Is this something you'd be interested in? I was like, let me let me see the products, let me try them, and if I like them, then yeah, cool, I'm I'm on it. But I did say to him, look, and I I, did, I said this on shoots. I went over and did a couple of shoots with them, and we were it was like a fat burning, <laughs> I'm air quoting here, yeah. fat burning products uh, and BCAAs. And I said to them, I don't want to be photographed with these products, please, because uh, I just don't I don't believe they're really worth anything um again that was me being honest and they were like cool that's fine i was like i'll take photos with creatine i'll take photos with protein tubs you know some some energy drinks that's fine like the equivalent of monster but i i I don't want to be i don't want to be promoting something that i genuinely don't believe in because i will never be able to promote it in an honest way simple as that so my relationship with ghost is a fantastic one they have a really good relationship with me They've just said, look, where, where are the clothing? Tag us. You know, if, if people want to get discount in their supplements, go to them. And honestly, the reason why I decided to sign with them, and this is, I don't need supplements. The supplements I need are not that expensive. I know where to go to get them. You know, that's it. But getting them sent to me for free, that's kind of nice. You know, awesome. But also, I thought, you know what? If this is something I can give to my clients and people who support me, if I can give them a little bit of money off, cool. Like, and at least I know that the products they're getting are, are good quality stuff. Like they, they are, it's good quality stuff. It's cool. They, they're an exciting brand to work with. They have so many like different directions they go with. That was honestly why I started working with them. I was like, how could the people who follow me, who support me, I want to give them something in return. Even if that is just 20% off, like, cool. That's a nice thing. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, is it, you have to go into, you know, if you're speaking from your experience of, of kind of being reluctant to it, and I, again, completely understand that you have to go into it knowing, okay, what am I getting out of this? What am I able to give to this company? And how can that be mutually beneficial? If it's not, you just don't do it. Simple as that. And if you don't believe in things, you say, like, again, every time I promote any supplements, I will nearly always say in the caption or whatever I'm talking about, you do not need these. However, just like any tool, there's a right time to use them and a wrong time to use them knowing when to use that tool is what i'm trying to teach you and that's that's basically my approach to it 
And that is a perfect explanation. I think everybody kind of listening can can get behind that. And the, just the way you nuance it, it gives me even more insight because I had a brand, uh, wasn't a supplement company, messaged me last night and they have worked with someone before who I trust, who's got, who's credible. And normally I just tell these people, good luck. You know, I'm nice. Like, Hey, good luck. Sorry. This isn't something I'm interested in. So I said, okay, you can, you can email me. And so we'll, we'll see, we'll take a look. And uh, what they seem to be behind is something that I think is probably actually kind of credible. We'll see. Um, for me, it's either going to have to be, you know, well, it has to be two things. One, it, it has to be something that's already noteworthy. Like I, I know the brand ghost. So it's, it's a, it's a legitimate mainstream. Incredible. Yep. company right that's it and two it's got to have to be something like quote protein powder creatine or some other product that you can say listen this is totally legitimate legit yeah yeah, yeah. so that that nails that one <laughs> all right so <laughs> let's go back around because i think we, we talked about this the first part but i wanted to get a little bit more in depth on what is your long-term vision for your career with what you're doing with be more headquarters um, and here's another good question to us. Is there anyone you actually have looked up to to say, I like the way they're doing things. This person is somewhat of a role model to me. Yeah. I mean, I obviously have some, if you'd asked me this question two years ago, I was just like, I'm happy to just continue doing what I'm doing. And that's exactly right. why I thought, you know what? I want to shift things up again. Like I wanted to introduce something that would inspire me and keep me driving forward because I'm, I'm an ambitious person I, i've grown up my entire life fully expecting to not be around for the long for the same time period as everyone else mm. with my cystic fibrosis my life expectancy was it, it was there it was always present and to give people an idea it was 45 when i was born in 1990 it was 20 years old you would have been lucky to get to 20 years old so that's always been silently sometimes not so silently in the background of a lot of my decisions and just the way i approach life with this new medication things have changed to a certain degree but it's still always there so i knew i need to do something to shake myself up so deciding to work with josh was like that thing that, that really pushed me and now with that kind of different approach now my my uh, answer to this question of where do I want to be and what do I, where do I want to see my career going is now completely changed. And that's the, that's the most exciting thing about life. Like suddenly just you, you think, okay, I'm happy with this. And then something, a conversation, a, a piece of text in a book, it just suddenly can just change in an instant. And then suddenly your entire trajectory in life is just changed. Mm. And that's exciting. That's, that's to me, that's like, that's being alive. That's fun. So now, I mean, honestly, what Josh and I have been building I am immensely proud of. I am immensely proud of what we are putting together. And it is just the start. We haven't even been in business for a full year. And we already cracked, like, I mean, we, we set ourselves a very lofty goal at the start of the year of what we would want to be taking from a financial standpoint. Because again, you know, as much as we love talking about clients and all that stuff, at the end of the day, we have to pay bills. We, you have to have some form of like measurable goal when it comes to finances, because otherwise you're, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, but primarily our care for this industry. And this is the thing that you can see so clearly. We genuinely care about the people we work with. We genuinely want to see them win. I say this to my clients all the damn time. Them winning is me winning. As soon as you work with me, your victories are my victories. 
my victories or your victories like it's it's a team it's a teamwork you know and communication is the key of there but we yeah we, we set this company up and honestly the stuff we've got planned just excites me even more um we're launching our podcast again like we, we've completely just like yourself took a, a break from podcasting to really allow ourselves to get it's like taking a break from training when you mm-hmm. force yourself to take that break your own your enthusiasm towards it just it gets bigger and bigger so now we we've got this really cool concept for a podcast that i'm really happy really excited about so in terms of where i see myself in a couple of years there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that i'm excited about um but yeah i just want to be i want to be known for you know what you said at the start you know someone who is relatable someone who understands what people go through that i'm i'm trying to really get away from this idea that i'm this perfect individual that i do everything correctly and i'm happy all the time because that's the way people do view me and i i i'm painfully aware of that the people look at me on first glance it's the separation between the person i'm trying to help and me and i want to eliminate that that bridge as best i can or bring that bridge as tight as possible um because i'm trying to help people and if they feel like i'm not even relatable to them then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to help them they're not gonna be able to have this conversation that needs to happen in order then uh, for them to kind of push forward with whatever they're trying to achieve um i hope that answered your question oh it more than does. i think it opens up <laughs> stuff i think for sure you know there's a lot of people that i've kind of come up through the industry and followed and watched and you know some of them seem larger than life and indomitable and infallible and you get to know them personally and many have become my friends and you start to realize no they're, they're actually not uh, and some tragically so but it makes people yeah. usually much more endearing and then again social media we rehash this all the time it shows such a, a limited piece of what all of our yeah, lives are like you know, and, and yep. people, who knows what kind of assumptions they make about me. One of the things I can continue consistently here over the years, usually people who see me in person, but haven't interacted with me is that I'm scary. I'm intimidating. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm a very large human. And at the same time, anybody who also knows me knows my true nature. And it, yep. it goes to little things. Like I chose a very innocuous, uh, un, non-intimidating a social media profile photo that I go with, one that sort of disguises the the sheer size of my physique, for example, right? And I think most longtime listeners have heard me say, I'm 6'2", and I'm, I walk around really fluctuating around 255 pounds. And, you know, I'm a reasonably lean person. You're a little bit leaner than I am, but I'm a reasonably lean person. A little so, bit shorter. So, you know. <laughs> and It works out. It's all fair. It's all fair here. <laughs> in, in embracing leaning into social media, and yeah. the scale that has happened, which I couldn't have anticipated, but now I accept and understand, I wanted to be more broadly appealing versus very niched in our industry. And we have people who are serving the, the, the technical niches of, of muscle hypertrophy. Okay, great. You know, I'm actually more interested in, in broader reach and my following, oddly enough, at least, you know, when it comes to Instagram is 61% women, which that wasn't something I initially imagined or, in, uh, or sought out, but I, I embrace it, which is super cool. So therefore some of the more hyper-masculine type stuff, the bro bodybuilding type stuff won't necessarily play on social media, but yep. so, you know, Hey, I've been part of that world for a long time and it doesn't necessarily resonate with me. I've got friends who are into bodybuilding competition. 
Um, but yeah, like I, I just like working out. Hey, I like being strong and big myself, but more and more it's become about feeling good, staying healthier as I get older. I'm 44 now. I'm not a kid anymore. So literally I'm at that threshold where <laughs> you mentioned earlier, right? Uh, but for me, yeah, it's been actually a little bit deliberate to let less of the the, the big heavy stuff and oh, here's my videos of like my latest power lifts or whatever. I don't compete in any of these things on my media. And I would actually really just rather make it about other people, make it about my client, Larry, for example, et cetera. Love that dude. Love that Larry's good stuff. Yeah. And uh, he, he wasn't well recently. So I get him back probably next week and he should be feeling a lot better. So we'll share yes. what's going on there in future. It's been really good to get insight into what's going on with you. And I mean, we got a little more time. So, you know, we were talking off air about geek culture and we were showing each other like video of like our, <laughs> my Dungeons and Dragon collections, my Witcher. My Warhammer. Your Warhammer. I mean, I've got, I've got Thor's hammer right here. I've got the Infinity Gauntlet in the corner. I've got a lightsaber in the corner. I've got my, well, football helmet. That's not, that's not geeky apparently, but depends how much you're into football and all the stats and stuff. Cause there's some geeky people attached for that, especially fantasy football players. That's right. I, I was big into fantasy baseball and hockey 20 years ago. It became obsessive to the point where I, I refuse to actually do any of those things anymore. But the geek culture stuff is kind of cool because more and more it's become socially acceptable in our industry. Yeah. Now, one of my best friends one of the things that we've bonded over over the years is the fact that she really loves geek culture type stuff. And, you know, she never felt good about well, having it kind of a thing, even within her longtime relationship, because her partner yeah. isn't into these things. And it, it's one of the things that sure, I honestly, I need to almost make it more prominent on my media because, you know, I love Witcher. I'm, I'm back to playing Witcher three again for its fourth playthrough. And I don't know, like, I never understood this about my dad. But dad is always, at is for a long time, but probably, you know, maybe since, you know, my age, he's more interested in watching old movies he likes and listening to the old music that he loves versus always discovering the newest thing, right? And then not entirely, but a lot. And now with my limited time, I just can't keep up with the new TV shows. I will now only pretty much, I'll watch the next season of Mandalorian. I'll watch Witcher. And yes, there's a whole thing about Cavill leaving and, I, yeah, I realize, yeah. and I think we all now believe that he just grew probably frustrated with the direction of the show, the way that writers, writers. want to do it, how they're yeah. twisting it, and they have such great source material, but they're 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 doing all these other sort of weird things. Grateful I have three seasons of him. I think he's great, and you know, in all fairness to, to Liam Hemsworth, uh, he, he, you know what, I'm going to give him a chance, but he just doesn't seem the part, and it's it's like someone. <laughs> it, it would be as if. Hugh Jackman, after three Wolverine movies, X-Men movies, set it down and someone had cast Jared Leto or some other actor as, as Wolverine. It just, it would, like, let's say they recast Iron Man partway through. It's like, it's one thing to do War Machine after one movie. Okay, minor yeah. character, Don Chadle was fine. He owned it. But you have changed. I don't think we actually have a comparable reference point of a truly iconic er actor, the central recast because they, they chose not to recast Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Right? Yep. And yes, we have uh, Richard Harris dying as Dumbledore play, replaced by Michael Gambon. But again, that-, that One worked. film, wasn't it? Yeah. There's one film that was- That he, worked. He one film and then- And we get stuff like yep. Don, Don, Terrence Howard for Don Chadle as a, at that point, a very side character that emerged into a bit more. And sure, yep. the mountain, you literally, we talked, guys, go back to Ben's episode. He's been on before. 
and talks about his origin, how he was literally on set of season one, at least season one of Game of Thrones filmed in, in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And but the mountain, the mountain character had been recast twice, which yeah, three actors. times in total. Three times in total. Three different actors, yeah. and ended up being Hathor Bjornsson by the end of it all. But again, you barely ever saw his face, and he, exactly. they're all huge, so he's more of a physical specimen. I don't think we actually have, outside of like Becky from Roseanne, if anybody gets that reference, right? <laughs> or actually, the big one is Aunt Viv in in, uh, in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And you felt that one. And again, that's still not the main yeah. character. It's like recasting Will Smith. So we just... It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I always think, look, look, like you said, you have to give him a chance. Like the studio don't just make random knee-jerk decisions. This is something that's been... By the time it comes out to public, it's been talked about for potentially six months to a year before it ever gets out to public. Because again, I'm a huge film TV geek, obviously with my background. But I know way more about films and TV than anyone really needs to know. And so I, when something like that gets out, like even Spider-Man, like Spider-Man being in like anything with Marvel, I I would love to have been a fly on the wall to see how those negotiations went down. That's two completely different companies. Whilst yeah, everyone goes, oh, but Spider-Man's in Marvel. That's like Pepsi and Coke combining. <laughs> that is how like monument, like Spider-Man was bought by Sony off marvel in the 90s because marvel was literally at a point where they were selling filing cabinets to survive mm. like that's that i mean it was literally do we need this filing cabinet no we need to sell that otherwise marvel's going to close well it's like there, there's so many examples of this and i'll circle back to my original point but i love dungeons and dragons grew up on it and the old company tsr I mean, they were struggling. That nearly went out of business. And they were bought up by Wizards of the Coast, who are the Magic the Gathering people. And now that brand is like popular and big again. So it's funny to look at how these like monstrous, iconic brands are now. And my original point that I didn't want to miss was, I find like my dad, I'm much more interested in revisiting what I would call old friends in terms of the characters and the stories. Nostalgia. I would rather rewatch the Fast and Furious movies because I love the franchise. I would rather go back and play Witcher 3. I did play Cyberpunk. It was actually pretty awesome. Versus try to watch every new TV series. So I'll do The Mandalorian. I'll do Witcher. I have not watched Rings of Power or game, the new Game of Thrones. I just am not willing to get invested in them. And there's just so much. I, I was very disappointed with Wheel of Time. I thought it was crap. And again, they deviated too far from the books. And there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that is common. I won't, don't want to get into some of these things, the criticisms of them, but sometimes I think they try too hard with these things. And Wheel of Time was a massive disappointment. And I really liked the books. But it all boils down to this stuff, especially for coaches. Like if you love this stuff, you'd be shocked. Half my clients, I got a whole bunch of tech guys over the years. And we talk about World of Warcraft. I used to fucking live within World of Warcraft before my career, long time ago. Love that stuff. And I I get to vicariously relive all of the old experiences with it as they're telling about playing through Classic and Burning Crusade again. And it's great, but it's also, it's a great tool to take a population that on average doesn't tend to love working out, didn't grow up with sports and make the relationship something that's that they really want to keep coming back to, which helps keep them in shape. And yep. it's, these are great relationships. I really enjoy them. And it's also about our enjoyment. If we can find people 
if, if this is on our media and people connect with it because someone comes to me and is like, hey, I like this and this and this, but like what really sold me is the fact that you're a Witcher fan and we get to jam on that stuff to pull the long the hours that we, we sometimes do. There's two elements. There's our physical stamina and capacity to do it, but what bleeds into it is our mental, emotional experience with it. Is it that client that really stresses you out that you dread or is the person that, hell, I got to work you know, shit, I've got a 10 hour day, but man, that last client, the last few clients are people I just love spending time with because they're fun to be around and it completely yes. changes your career and doing it. Like I, I'm just 12 years in. So I'm on my 13th year, just like you, same timetable. And we've been with enough people to know what works with us and what doesn't. And I feel it's very important to build media and put yourself in a position where a people, yes. self, the right people self-select to you, but if you're, if you need to, you can politely and professionally say no to someone that isn't a good fit for you yep. or for them. Yeah. I mean, I have so much fun working with clients who share the same hobbies and interests as me. Like I've been in the Warhammer for 20 years, over 20 years. And just like you were talking about, like there is this sense of like, not it's, it's definitely become a lot more socially acceptable, which is such a sad thing to really think about when you really do think about it. these things that we are so passionate about and we love and we take so much pride and, and enjoyment of to think that someone's decided that's not a cool thing to like that's heartbreaking when you really sit back and think about it like who the hell decided that rugby soccer american football it's acceptable to like those things mm. but it's not acceptable right now to like this type of stuff and that made me it really makes me sad so now i've just gotten to the point where if I paint something that I'm really, really proud of, I'm be like, this is cool. I like this. If people don't like it, cool. That's, fuck them. <laughs> like, frankly, like, that's not my deal. Like, if you're not here for me, like, then that's fine. There's plenty of other people out there who you can go and get your information from. Or, you know, if you don't like me, that's, that's not my problem. So, I mean, I agree with you as well. Like, just having those clients just, you know, you got people who give you energy and people who take energy from you. Mm. And you just at this point of our careers, I'm very fortunate in the fact that every single person I work with gives me energy. When I speak to them, they give me energy. And yeah, so it is, you know, I've, I've had to do this. You know, I, I run a program that it's not an everybody's welcome type program. It, it is, but it's not going to be a good fit for everyone. That's a better way of putting it. And if someone isn't going to be a good fit for, you know, whatever number of reasons it is, it's a, it's a, it sucks because at the end of the day, I think you'll agree with me on this, that you want to help as many people as possible. That's why we're in this career, but you have to also understand that there's some people who are just beyond your help and knowing when that is the case is I think so criminally like not paid attention to by a lot of coaches. People are like, Oh, well, I'll take you. I'll take you on. You're like, Oh, you got this illness. And a lot, again, this is the thing I had. Because of my cystic fibrosis, a lot of people who have similar illnesses or go, oh, he knows what I'm dealing with with this X, you know, illness. They'll come to me and say, look, I've got this. You've got this. You know, can you help me? And if I if I don't know enough about this illness or this condition or whatever it is, I'm just going to say, look, I appreciate you reaching out, but I don't know enough about this to give you my full confidence. And if I'm not going to be able to do that, this is a relationship, a communication that this is just not going to work. That's a difficult thing to do. Saying no to people when they are coming to you for help is a very difficult thing. And it's something that really matured me as a coach 
just being able to say, look, I would love to help you, but I just don't, it's not in my wheelhouse. It's not something that I, for instance, a bodybuilder, if a bodybuilder came to me or someone who's trying to get ready for prep, I have turned them away because I have, I have no interest in getting someone to that level because I've been through it myself. It's not something that is realistically achievable for most people. And even if it is, what is it going to take from them? Because most people, when they are like, oh, I would do this for, you know, to get X body fat percent, I would do this, this, and this. And I was like, okay, cool. But are you willing to give up drinking at all? Are you willing to give up your social time? Are you willing to give up the ability to go out for a random meal? Are you going to give up your time? Are you going to, there's so many things people always look at, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this. But then when you flip around, you're like, okay, but are you willing to not? do this, 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 and this. And as soon as it starts taking away, if it's not leading to a better life for you, I don't want to even get you going down that road. It's as simple as that. If it doesn't, if it's not going to bring, and, and it's the quote that you actually um, reposted in mine is like, I think it was fitness, fitness should enrich your life, not dominate it, something. Well, let's actually pull it out. Double check that, but that is one I have said in, in the past, like, if your fitness endeavors and your your time that you're putting into your fitness is not just enabling you to enjoy your life to a fuller degree, then maybe have a look at what you're doing. Let's find it. The quote is, there is a lot more to life than fitness. However, there is a lot more life with fitness. Boom. And that one, just to give you an idea, let's look at the metrics on this. Just give people an idea. Oh, yeah. 600 likes, 78 comments. 1,210 shares, 550 saves, 180,000 accounts reached. That one did well. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I love that. I, I, I like I like sharing other people's stuff. I like sharing my friends' stuff. If people say really smart things. And quite frankly, sometimes I just haven't written something for that day. And I'm like, hey. okay, I need to post something really good. Hey, my friend did this. I could A, share it, tag them, you know, drive some followers to that person. B, it's much easier than writing my own content every single day. I mean, I've been getting ready for all these speaking engagements. I've got two podcasts to run a group, uh, my online coaching business, my in-person stuff, try to work out myself, uh, write for the different publications I'm writing for. And at the same time, you know, manage, you know, social media the way I do. So I've gotten better at being efficient with it. And quite frankly, a lot of that is, okay, I had this popular post I shared six months ago. I'm going to use that again. People love it. Because yep. six months ago, let's, let's just give you an idea. I'm at like 85,000 followers. January 1st of this year, I was at 35,000. It's grown a lot. It continues to I grow. remember. I remember, and yeah. The, the, what, the year before that, I had just hit 10,000, right? 10,500. Yeah. So A, the algorithm doesn't show everybody everything. Two, the people who loved it the first time literally will tell me they'll share it again. They love this one. They, they're not like, hey, you shared that before. They love the reminder. No one's ever said that to me. A lot of people are new followers. They never saw it the first time around. There are so many good reasons that we share really good stuff that people like. So there's another little lesson. Honestly, this has been one of my favorite podcasts just because I think there's just so much good in here. Guys, everybody go follow Ben. Ben, where they find you? Instagram at BenMudge underscore. I still cannot get just BenMudge. Like I will not relinquish that handle. Do my head in. He hasn't used it in years, but anyway. Yeah. Or the um, Be More HQ, not Be More HQ. And that's where you can find myself and Josh, our collaborative efforts, um, education, a bit of banter. Everything's right there. 
And a lot of what we talk about is really just kind of what they're going to see with you on your media. So I hope everybody goes and like takes a dive into it. Go back and listen to the episode we did in the past. Um, I can't yep. remember what number it is, but I, I know if people scroll back, um, if you're if you're sort of new, um, found me through Ben's Media. You know, check out the more recent ones. I had a really great episode with Don Saladino. Uh, I just had Doctor uh, Nick Nabuese, who's a really cool dude. You know, to your point about you know not being not, not having the quote expertise to handle certain medical stuff. One of the nicest things in the industry is to have refer people to refer people to either locally, yeah. professionally, or like in the broader scheme to follow their media. You know, I got medical doctors like Dr. Nick and Dr. Spencer Nadolski, who I'm like, guys, literally go anything to do with like obesity medicine and uh, cholesterol and all this sort of stuff. Like, Jesus, like Spencer is like super brilliant with this stuff. Go check out what he's doing. And uh, because, hey, and I think because I think a lot of time people probably come to you thinking, well, you can kind of fill in for a doctor when, in fact, they actually need a medical professional. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's happened. That happens quite a lot. People go, oh, well, you've got CF. You're doing quite well with it. Can you fix me? And I'm like, uh, if we could rewind time and address a lot of issues that you had from the start, then yeah. But I don't have that ability in my wheelhouse. So we'll do we'll do the best we can. But that, that's to add to your point. That is one of the things that really makes a coach stand out, in my opinion. My respect for a coach or someone in that, regardless of what profession they're in, when they can admit that they don't know something, holy shit, my respect for them just, it jumps up. It massively jumps up because it just shows humility. It shows that, yeah, look, I don't know everything. I'm not this egotistical, like, I I know everything you need to know. Like, it just makes you more human. And I think that's what we really need to be doing as coaches. We need to be making ourselves as relatable as possible to the client without doing this like whole oh here's me rolled over and here's me like this usually super lame woman being like look i've got fat rolls and you're like no you're just bending over everyone's got that but <laughs> my point is you know you're trying to help people by making yourself seem superhuman or anything like that you're just you're not really you're kind of missing the point so everybody go check out what ben is doing uh thanks for listening if you're brand new so stick around subscribe check out my other episodes um you know if you haven't ever done it give me a review on itunes or spotify or wherever you're listening uh reach out to me if you have any questions i am accessible follow me at andrew coats fitness on instagram i actually want to connect with you there i always respond to every message and ben thanks for taking the time brother it has been a real pleasure my absolute pleasure thank you for having me